Welcome, listeners, to the first episode of the Black and Blue Soccer Show. I hope everyone listening had a wonderful New Year's as we approach the second half of the Premier League season. Joining me today is my co-host, Joey. Joey, how was your New Year's? It was great. Um, Got a new kitten, as you know. Uh, His name is Lulu, and he's just been terrorizing the place. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, it's been great. Um, Glad school is back. It gives me some uh, a break from the kids a bit. I love you guys. You're great. Don't change. Um, No, but it's been good. Um, How about you? How's New Year's been for you? I'll answer that question in a second, but I'm curious about the name Lulu. Is that short for Lukaku? No, please, no. Don't, no. I don't even, no, no. But seriously, my daughter um, really wanted to name the cat Lulu. And at first we were told the cat was going to be a girl and Lulu fit perfectly. Um, But we got him home and he was obviously a boy. But it was too too far in that time. Uh, you know, she was like, uh, I want to keep the name Lulu. So everyone, meet Lulu. <laughs> Lukaku. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So my New Year's, pretty good, uneventful, thank God. Um, moved the two Christmas decorations I had outside my house into the garage. No tree to get rid of. No lights to take down. So, all in all, pretty good. Nice. We have a, uh, a tree graveyard in our backyard. It's back in the woods, so after Christmas every year, we just toss it into the into the woods. Joey, that's why you get a ceramic Christmas tree that with the, those little lights, uh, and you just put that on a table. That's what we do in our household. That's literally as much as I, I, I'm willing to even consider uh, putting up. Yeah, I know. It's nice, a whole family thing to decorate the tree and stuff, you know, for the kids. It drives me nuts because I'm, I'm sitting there having to, like, put the lights on the tree and, you know, the kids are all jumping around and trying to pull off the lights. And it's great fun. Well, yeah, that's why I hate it because <laughs> growing up, I always had to decorate the Christmas tree. Yeah. And then you have to put it down, put it up. We always did artificial trees in our house. Uh, yeah, it was horrible. I will... um. I will miss the eggnog. Mm-hmm. I will miss all the Starbucks flavors. We're coming into a season of sadness at Starbucks. So that's about the only thing I will miss. Yep. All right. So everyone, um, we are obviously the Black and Blue Soccer Show. We are two Americans talking about the Premier League and some other interesting soccer stuff. Um, one question I've received is, how did we get our name, the Black and Blue Soccer Show? Um, it was brought up because both of us live in South Carolina, which is close to um, Charlotte FC, the professional MLS club near us. And um, professional used loosely. Okay, continue. <laughs> no, no, they're they're pretty good. They they have some decent players. I mean, they just signed uh, what was his name Westwood from. Um... Oh, Ashley Westwood from. Yep. Um... Burnley, yeah. Yeah. He is a good player. So, yeah, you know, getting some decent quality and um, had Christian Fuchs last year and, you know, wasn't the best, but hey, you know, actually getting some good names in. But no, um, so it, it was brought up, our, they were asking if we were a Charlotte FC podcast. No, uh, just pure coincidence that the colors are black and blue. I will go ahead and say that the blue for me is 
I am a massive Chelsea fan. You know, started when uh, Christian Pulisic joined. Um, I was looking for a team to root for because I had just casually watched previously to that and I really wanted a club to follow. And then once Christian signed, I was like, all right, I'm going all in. I, I assume it's the same for kind of similar for you in in the black, right? Uh, no, uh, my decision was a little bit um, more thought out than picking an American. Well, no, I'm saying for the color, <laughs> the, <laughs> the color of the podcast. Uh, you know. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, black. Uh, yeah, black is for Newcastle United. Um, compared to to most Newcastle United fans, I'm a relatively short sufferer. Uh, I've only been around for the Benitez and the Bruce and now the Howe heir. Um, I do miss Mike Ashley. So, Mike Ashley, if you're listening, uh, thank you for everything you did. Uh, you kept us uh, running until we could get bought out by uh, Saudis. So, without you, that would not have been possible. I mean um. that sincerely. The way you said it made it sound like uh, uh, Mike Ashley is no longer with us. So rip Ashley. <laughs> no. Uh, what um what is he up to now? So <clears throat> good question. Um, so uh, his number two, Lee Charnley, is at Nottingham Forest, working all the transfers he never got to do at Newcastle United because you know we never bought anyone or did anything. So. He probably has carpal tunnel from signing off on all those <clears throat> summer transfers, and now they're getting started in the winter. He recently bought, I believe, Coventry City's uh, grounds, and I think he was holding the team hostage. So he would own the ground, but he didn't own the team. And so, as many people know, Mike Ashley, he used Newcastle basically for sponsorship. Um if you couldn't tell, that was a lot of sarcasm there uh, for me in the beginning. Um, so it's believed he's doing the same thing at Coventry City. I'm not sure if he actually got the takeover and now owns the club and um, the stadium. I haven't followed it too closely, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know that's probably his ultimate goal, so then he can have another vehicle for advertisement. Sounds like a proper uh, uh, club owner. Oh, man, after my heart. <laughs> All right, cool. So, yeah, basically, the Black and Blue Soccer Show is uh, Andrew and myself. We are Newcastle and Chelsea fans, um, hence the Black and Blue. And over here in America, obviously, it's called soccer. It's not football. That's By the it. way, soccer originated from um, the United Kingdom, so just putting that out there. All right, cool. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I guess let's take a quick break, and then after that, we'll get into some uh, match recaps from the week. We had matches in three different competitions, the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and the Premier League. First of all, Andrew, what, what is a Carabao? What, what is the Carabao Cup? So the Carabao Cup is the EFL Cup. It is a cup that the participants are in. You have to be in the one through fourth division of English football to participate. Sponsored by some energy drink. God knows what it tastes like. Probably disgusting like Red Bull. 
Um, and Joey, can you guess how much the winners of the Carabao Cup make? I, I, I couldn't even tell you how much the winners of the Champions League makes. I, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I'm going to say like a million. Kelsey fan doesn't pay attention to money. I mean, that's obviously, <laughs> you pick the right team. You're right on the spot on. Jeez. So the winner of the Carabao Cup will take home 100,000 pounds, whereas the winner of the FA Cup will take home 2 million pounds. Jeez, that, that's pretty crazy. Like, I, as big as uh, soccer is over there, like that discrepancy is massive. That like, really blows my mind. So all I have to say is, not many people must buy care about energy drink is, you know, <laughs> they, they must need a better sponsor. So, you know, if they want to stick with energy drink, maybe look at monster. Um, I mean, even Dasani water could probably pay more than a hundred thousand pounds. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I guess English soccer is being taken over by Americans. So maybe we're going to see the Gatorade cup or something. Oh man, then it would be worth more than the FA Cup. They probably pay five million. Yeah, LeBron James. It would. It'd be called like the LeBron James Cup or the Michael Jordan Cup. We. It, it would no longer. You know, it wouldn't even be the EFL Cup. You get a, uh, a giant uh, Michael Jordan bust gold. Maybe even the Jumpman with a <laughs> Nike swoosh on it, holding the Gatorade. I'm all for that plan. That sounds like. Let me write that down. I'm gonna have to email um, email the league this uh, money making potential that they're missing out. So remember where you got that from. Ten percent royalties back to me always. I'll take one percent of like. <laughs> all right. Two so, million. <laughs> all right. So let, let, let's talk about the actual matches. Um, tell us what happened in uh, all the cup matches that went over this past week. Sure. So for the Premier League and the FA Cup, uh, started on Friday, we had Manchester United beating Everton 3-1. Liverpool and Wolverhampton are going to play another match due to a controversial VAR incident ended 2-2 draw. Newcastle United lost to Sheffield Wednesday 2-1. We had West Ham United beating Brentford. 1-0. We had Brighton Hove and Allian beating Millsboro 5-1. Fulham dispatched Hull City 2-0. Then we had Burnley upset Bournemouth 4-2. And one of the other upsets of a Premier League team, Blackpool beat Nottingham Forest 4-1. Totten barely escaped due to a Harry Kane goal, 1-0 over Portsmouth. Southampton knocked out in one of the Premier League foes in Crystal Palace, 2-1. Joey's team got finger-blasted, 4-0. Uh, luckily for Newcastle, Aston Villa also is out of the FA Cup, losing 2-1 to Stevenage. And then in the next to last penultimate of the Premier League teams, there's going to be a replay as Leeds United tied it up near the end at Cardiff City, 2-2. And in the final game, Arsenal dispatched Oxford United, 3-0, and also received um, an FA 
notice due to their crazy actions um, mobbing the official again, which is their second FA notice in a week. Before you talk about the Carabao Cup, there is one other interesting notable result from the FA Cup. Um, that would be Wrexham. Ah, uh, yes. Wrexham. Fifth Division Wrexham. So, <clears throat> as I said, uh, you know, the FA Cup is all comers. Uh, if you're a member of the FA League, you could be it. Wrexham is a National League team. They are currently <clears throat> not in the um, the top four divisions working on it. If anyone is watching, welcome to Wrexham on Hulu. It's a great, great show. So in probably the biggest upset in the FA Cup happened with Wrexham AFC beating Coventry City 4-3. to three, And they will be moving on to the fourth round. So all we got to say in America is good luck, Rob and Ryan. We are all with you. Uh, please stop doing TikToks. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. But, um, all I'll say is that, uh, first of all, the, the show is great, but I love what Rob and Ryan are trying to do with the community. Um, it, you can tell that the club means so much to that town that, um, you know, the people there, they obviously live and breathe uh wrexham and just to see the sheer joy and you know happiness from them that that it's really good and um it looks like rob and ryan are really making an impact there and i i commend them a lot for what they're doing okay so for the quarterfinal carabao cup results the first game manchester united beat charlton three nil in the second game, Newcastle United beat Leicester City 2-0. And in the final day on Wednesday were the two best games of the quarterfinals. Nottingham Forest goes through on penalties 4-3. And in the biggest upset so far, Southampton beat Manchester City 2-0. Now that that city result that that makes me mad because why why couldn't they uh, you know play that way against Chelsea why why did they actually have to be good against us Ugh. you mean why is Southampton better than Chelsea is that what you're trying to is that what you're getting at I mean right now who isn't better than Chelsea <laughs> uh, well you know when the twentieth place team is putting up a nothing burger on Man City and you guys can't even crack them, that's, that's piss poor. And yeah, it's brutal. There'll be more conversation about that later. Yeah. And then obviously, uh, I'm sure you were excited to see Newcastle, um, their result. Um, anything you want to say about that match? Yeah. Congratulations, Dan Byrne. First Newcastle goal. Um, it was a, it was a great goal. Never expected it from him. Um, he, Joe Linton laid it off. He cut it on the inside and slotted it in with his right foot. He actually broke. Uh, he, he he broke the um, the nil nil. It actually turned out to be the winning goal. Uh, but more famously was the Fortnite dance which is circulating social media that he did afterward in the locker room. 
I didn't get to Have see you... that. Uh, what was that? Cool. Did you like it? It is not cool. And uh, <laughs> yeah, um, he'll look back then in 10 years time and be like, what the hell was I doing? But uh, he did score his first goal ever for the club. He is a boyhood Newcastle supporter who got cut from Newcastle um, Academy at age 11. He wasn't good enough. Um, the only thing that could have made this goal better would have been if his dad was able to be there and see it. But apparently he was on a work trip in Spain and did not actually see his son score his first Newcastle goal. Oh, brutal. Um, yeah. I'll say the one thing I've seen from that result is I've seen a lot of Newcastle fans now I'm pretty excited for their next round against Southampton. Um, I I don't know. I don't think I don't think anybody should be uh, you know that confident going into a match, especially against a club who just beat City. Yeah, and also typically we do not do well against Southern England teams. And the first match is the away of the. Um, of the home and away, we we go to Southampton first. If we keep that at a at a draw, then I'm confident. Uh, even if we keep it within one, I'm I'm pretty confident. But I wouldn't like some of my <clears throat> some of my guys in the Twitter group I'm in are booking tickets to Wembley right now. I wouldn't be doing that. Um, uh, however, we have not even been close to a cup. In so many years, we haven't won one in, you know, over 40 years. So obviously, everyone's really excited. Uh, but, Joey, you probably know I'm very superstitious. And so I don't like to predict Newcastle scores. I don't like <laughs> to even wear Newcastle shirts on the day that they're playing. So for me, yeah. I wouldn't count chickens before they hatch. I think we have a great, I mean, I think we have better than 50% chance odds of going through, especially if we strengthen. I mean, window is open. We can still buy players. They can be ready for that game. So I do like our chances. But again, like you said, you never know. I mean, Man City probably didn't think Southampton would score two on them. They certainly didn't think they'd be uh, throwing a goose egg now, you know. Is that Jack Grealish's fault? Probably. But, um, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. The most I've ever been in my time of following Newcastle. And that's really saying something, because this man always predicts Newcastle to lose. Always. And I mean always. <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, it, it literally doesn't matter. We're playing Fulham at home this week, and we're probably going to get pumped 5 nothing. Yeah, see, always. Um, now, moving back to the actual Premier League, there were two matches. Um, one was a makeup. It was, uh, I guess, the Week 7 match, I believe. It was Fulham versus Chelsea, and uh, Chelsea lost 2-1. to one. Um, I have a lot to say about this match. Um, and we will talk about that more in our discussion segment of uh, Chelsea's downfall. Um, but then the other was today, it was starting the new match week, was Aston Villa 2, Leeds United 1. 
right here we have uh the fighting jesse marshes um kind of uh continuing along you know mediocrity that they've been doing all season honestly i, I think they should be a little bit better but you know more of the same what do you think yeah brandon Anderson was terrible um tyler adams great as usual um he is he is the heart and soul of that team as i've as i've told you and i've told my newcastle friends i adams is going to end up being the face of u.s men's uh national soccer team sooner than later uh for his consistency his um marketing potential his interviewing um adeptness but i do think uh jesse marsh is in trouble um they're still flirting with the uh relegation he is going to be, from what I hear, backed. I think they have a bid in for um, a 40 million um, euro guy from Germany, I believe. So he's going to at least get one or two players. I think they already brought in an, a, um, a defender from Austria, from Red Bull Salzburg, I believe. Could be wrong. Um, I mean, even as American, I don't follow Jesse Marsh that much. Uh, but I do think he's in trouble if his results don't pick up. He plays, Joey, as you know, he plays the Red Bull style, somewhat unique. Um, so will it work in the Premier League? We will see. Um, something to note is I recently saw on Reddit, uh, Joey, I don't know if you get on Reddit much, but I believe... Leeds were the most searched team in three states. Yeah, so uh, when Leeds, uh, you know, brought Jesse Marsh in, and then of course Aronson and Adams, um, there was the all the U.S. Uh, men's national team fans immediately flocked to Leeds as their um, as their club. So that does not surprise me at all, um, but. You and I mentioned this uh, earlier. Is um, from that little graphic of the most searched clubs. Remember, remember who Alabama had? Oh my God! And I actually posted this on Twitter. Um, so Alabama had Hull City, and I I gotta think that maybe they were searching for Hoop City and just too <laughs> drunk or stupid, um, because there's no way Hull City could beat out any other English club. Like, what What are they doing? They beat out Barcelona, Real Madrid, Hull City. I mean, that just goes to show you how popular soccer is in Alabama. Well, I, I, well yeah. But I was thinking maybe, like, a, uh, a, a family from Hull just happened to settle in Alabama, and <laughs> they just, uh, they were single-handedly propping them up. <laughs> Did did you ever start? Is there an American playing for Hull City, and are they from Alabama? Like I seriously doubt it, but no, I haven't looked into it. Um, I haven't looked into it either. But real but. quick, uh, back on Leeds and um, so Tyler Adams, you know, obviously top class guy. He was the standout player from um, the United States at the World Cup, and today before the match, um, he was actually informed that he was elected the um, not elected, but uh, he had won the United States men's national team player of the year with over 70% of the vote. Um, Well-deserved. I believe he's going to be the captain um, for the men's national team going forward. And 
completely top class individual. Um, props to him for everything he's done. Yeah, easily next decade. So <clears throat> Newcastle fans, if you're listening and you want, you know, I heard people want Pulisic for marketing purposes. Uh, no, you want Tyler Adams uh, for marketing purposes. Uh, he might not be the most popular today, but I can guarantee you in two years time, he will be the face of the men's um, uh, men's soccer in the United States. Would you agree, Joey? Um, I don't, I, I want to say yes, but I, you know, over here, they put such an emphasis on, um, goal scoring. So I, I have to think that people are going to want, um, a forward as the, as the center, the centerpiece. But I personally would say that Adams is the, the foundation of the, of the team. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't mind having him at Chelsea. We need midfielders desperately and he would do wonders for us i I just don't think he has the um clout yet to be um considered by chelsea oh yeah i totally take him at newcastle in a heartbeat um we also need an upgrade in town and midfield so um and when we played leeds he was far and away their best player the only reason uh we got a, a draw other than none of our guys can finish um, is uh, Tyler Adams. So, yeah, I I can't say enough good things about him. Uh, Joey knows I don't follow much U.S. men's national team, but um, he is a class individual. His star is rising more than anyone else's. Um, as fast as Reyna's star is falling, his is rising. So he, he's a name to... He's a name to keep 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 your eye on um, if you are listening from outside of the United States. And, and to that note, the the whole U.S. Soccer Federation is a complete joke. It's nepotism on top of corruption, on top of just incompetence. Uh, the whole front office and management just needs to go. They kind of need to do uh, uh, what Chelsea did when Bowley came in: is just wipe everyone out. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll save uh, U.S. men's national team uh, for a discussion yeah. down the line. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely um, juicy gossip and interesting things happening over here in the states with soccer, which it, you know holds us back. All right, so that's it for this week's matches. Let's move into the our next discussion. So today we're going to discuss two topics. The first topic is Chelsea's downfall. And then after that, we're going to discuss um, an unfortunate circumstance with Joe Linton. Andrew, I, I know you have some strong feelings on that one. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, as a Chelsea fan, I am in shambles right now. The club is... Um, absolutely uh, uh just in a horrible state um everything is going wrong you know losing four nil to city and then um having some glimmer of hope with y'all felix coming in and then <laughs> and then that match against fulham yeah uh, 
leaves me dumbfounded. I, I, I really don't know what to think. Um, now, I, I, I obviously have a lot to say on this. So any thoughts you may have right now, Andrew? Yes. Uh, so my initial thought as an outsider who obviously is enjoying watching the struggles of your, your club, um, even though you probably don't reciprocate toward my club. Um, so I feel a little bad on that front. I, I personally believe, while maybe not merited, I think Potter has to win this next game against Crystal Palace. Uh, at least get a result. I don't think he can lose it. Uh, if he loses it, I if he loses it, I suspect he will get sacked. Uh, he he may not deserve it, but at some point, you have to put points on the board. And if Crystal Palace beats you guys, they've come all the way back, and you guys are level on points, which is should be unacceptable at any any level um, for your club. So that's my initial thoughts. You've been unlucky in injuries, though every club has injuries, though the amount of years your club has would lead me to like look into your sports medicine department. I'm not quite sure, although I did mention when they brought Reese James back, I think I said watch him get injured because uh, I thought they bring him back too early. And yeah, of course he got injured. Um, Though we did the same damn thing for John Joe Shelby. Um, those are the type of injuries you you really nurse back. But so you've been unlucky there, but it's it's still no excuse because the talent that your team has should be better than what it's showing at the moment. Um I thought Keppa I hate to say it, but I think he's regressing again. You can probably talk more about that. Mm, so, yeah, I think it's kind of somewhat crisis mode because uh, I I think you guys do need European football. Um, I think your budget is built on European football. And obviously you wouldn't spend 16 million pounds on a loan with no option to buy. Uh if if you weren't in trouble, let's put it that way. So I'll let you take back over at your club. You know way more about it, but those are that's my thoughts. Yeah, so the, right off the bat, the injury thing is very unfortunate. There are 10 players injured right now, and these aren't, you know, just no-name people. These are, you know, potentially first-team players. So uh, we can... <laughs> almost have a uh um a premier league contending team in just our injuries for forwards we have christian pulisic armando bruya raheem sterling midfield dennis sicaria ruben loftus cheek and golo kante um defenders reese james ben chilwell wesley Fofana, and then of course uh mindy and goal that that is a solid foundation for a team all injured and it is unbelievable um mixture of just bad luck with um every time Pulisic plays teams just batter him um you know we talking about the the name of the podcast the black and blue soccer show well Pulisic gets battered black and blue every time he's out there i i have a feeling it's more strategic 
because he goes down easy and it really does look like he can't handle pain that well. Um, so I, I think uh, clubs go out to mess with him to try to get under his skin. Uh, yeah, because all, 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 all players get hit, uh, you know, fouled all the time. But for some reason, I mean, I'm not making excuses. Polistic, when he gets touched, he gets injured. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you mentioned with Reese James, um, I was even saying like, you know, the dude is obviously, I, I'd consider the best um, right back in the world. Outside of Pulisic, he's by far my favorite player. He's but, your best player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But he needs time to fully heal. When Immediately when that injury happened, I texted you and said, sit him down for the rest of the season. Let him get his surgery, whatever the heck rehab he needs. We cannot um, risk him every single time. Like, when he comes back, his um, this brings up another point with the injuries and specifically Reese James. When Bowley came in, he did a massive clear out of the Chelsea management staff and then also the medical team. Um, he believed that the medical situation up until then was not being handled correctly, that there were too many injuries. Well, guess what? Since he brought in his private firm of um, celebrity doctors it's gotten even worse um recently the players have come out and said that they don't feel like they have a rapport with this new team they don't feel that um the new medical staff has their uh interests at heart um that they had a rapport with the old people and they at least understood their reasoning so i don't i don't know if like Obviously, I'm not a doctor. I don't know the specifics of any of these cases, but what is going on there? It's clearly not normal and um, very unfortunate. So, Joey, is this like, um, I don't know if you ever watched Royal Pains, uh, aired in America. It was like a concierge doctor to Hampton, like wealthy Hamptons uh, residents. Did he bring in like some concierge type medical team or like what, what happened here? Yeah, so he he contracted out with this firm that handles celebrities. Um, so you know it's supposed to be top class, but it's a different level when you know just let's say Ryan Reynolds needs a doctor as opposed to a freaking you know elite level athlete. Like it, it's not the same. Um, like I I don't I don't know <laughs> what that's that's crazy to me. I'm I'm. I mean, if I was a fan, I'd be like outraged just hearing that. That's just bananas. Yeah. So recently in a uh, team meeting, you know, that that all came out and they've now announced uh, that they're going to do an internal review on the medical staff situation. And hopefully um, they will do something about it, whether it's like bring in additional staff or um, maybe even bring in their own, uh, uh, their own people again. Um, cause it's clearly not working, but, uh, so even after having all those injuries, you have stuff like we finally get a glimmer of hope, bring in Yao Felix and he immediately makes a difference. Uh, just 24 hours in London, he comes in against Fulham and is looking great. He looks creative. He's popping off shots left and right our attack actually looks functional, which when's the last time we've been able to say that? And then um, have some defensive woes. Uh, things don't go well. Uh, Koulibaly, I don't, uh, that's a whole subject in itself. 
um, Trevor Chalaba in, at the back making all kinds of mistakes, which interesting for that, Trevor Chalaba at one time had Chelsea went a on a 26, 28 game streak without losing when Trevor Chalaba started. That dude had a massive downfall in his performance and it it started under Tuchel and one thing that everyone says about Tuchel is that the dude just did not improve any player whatsoever nobody um the only person that you could even argue would be Rudiger but that was more of a scenario where Rudiger and Lampard didn't see eye to eye so Rudiger just never played and when he did it was half-hearted so when um, when Tuchel came in, you know he gave Rudiger a legit chance, and turned out he was you know potentially world class. All right, so in this match, like I said, we had a glimmer of hope, some defensive woes, and then in the second half, uh, you know you get nice new eleven million pound uh, uh, loan option gets red carded. Sixteen. Sixteen. Let's let's add all the fees in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> No, but seriously, like freaking red card, like the dude is here for what, five months or something and pay all that money for him to just immediately get red carded and out for the next three matches. Like we won't see him again until, uh, what was it? February 11th or something like that. It's unbelievable. Like anything that looks to be going well at the time for Chelsea just immediately gets like stomped on. Yeah, I, mean, I, have, I, have a, I have a question for you on this. <laughs> I'm curious to your opinion. Um, only because Eddie Howe does something different when we get new players in. Do you think Felix should have started or should he have kind of had more time to adapt to the Premier League? Uh, should he have come off the bench? You know, he's, he hasn't, he's never played in the Premier League. It's faster, more physical. Do you think that was um, a mistake, desperation, or there just wasn't anyone else to play that position? I mean, there's clearly people that can play. We have, you know, a very talented academy and um, a very good prospect going forward in Amari Hutchinson, but definitely needed to play him. I mentioned he was only in London for 24 hours, but he he truly did give a glimmer of hope, and. Um, we've mentioned it. Chelsea is in full-on crisis mode. It is bad. I think it's what one win in the last nine league matches. It is really bad. And immediately, within two minutes, uh, Felix gets the ball in their box, pulls a nifty move, creates a goal-scoring chance. Immediately, he has a great impact. Um, you can see him and Havertz actually building a rapport together and linking up. Things started operating when he was on the on the pitch there's one thing uh with the chelsea midfield is that they cannot create um there's been a long debate over mason mount other whether or not he's a creative player and whether or not he should actually be out there i've been a, a staunch um mason mount supporter and defender but here recently i i'm starting to question my sanity with you know him and chelsea as a whole uh mount missed so many opportunities to play the ball forward or hit a guy open in space and either just went completely sideways or passed it back he, he would do these nifty little half turns sometimes and then other times he would get the ball and you know you watched a couple charlotte fc matches last year it was like uh when ben bender would get the ball 
it, it would be like his feet were bricks. Same thing, like every once in a while now, Mount will do that. And everyone was just saying, like, it's just a poor run of form, but it's getting to a point where it's a consistency of this um, inequality and uh, uh, just bad play from him. And you have this midfield that can't do anything to get the ball forward to people in space. Yes, they can dribble it up, pass it side to side, and then back a little bit. But you have nobody that can actually make progressive runs into space and then hit someone running ahead of them. Nobody. It's like freaking Kovacic uh, played amazing for Croatia and gets back to London, and it's like he, he can't pass again. He forgot how to pass. It doesn't make a lick of sense. But anyway, where I was going with that is there's no creativity. Yao Felix comes in and immediately is a creator for himself because he can't rely on anyone. I am glad that he ended up at Atletico because it made him develop the his um, attacking prowess because of just how they play. You know, they put... 10 men behind the ball and uh, then he has to do everything for himself. But because of that, he is going to do wonders for the team going forward. If he comes back, you know, <laughs> the, the whole thing is just like, just an, an insanity. Like I mentioned, you have everything looking well, and then he gets the red carded and the match is over at that time. It was still a uh, one all, but it was like freaking like, you know, lead balloon just like going up in flames. Um, but you knew Kepa was going to, going to, uh, going to make a mistake. Yeah. You, you mentioned that too. Kepa is, uh, it looked like he was, uh, making a turnaround and, um, you know, going to start living up to his potential. And then here are the past few matches that he's just going right back down. He, so that, uh, Vinicius goal, uh, I forget who crossed it in, but someone crossed it in. And um, Kepa gets way out of position and then just leaves the goal wide open for Vinicius. And it, it's just unbelievable the kind of crap that happens. Um, earlier in the match, um, we had a our uh, left wing back, Lewis Hall, 18-year-old. Um, can't blame him at all. He's a freaking kid. Just come up from the academy. is doing everything he can. And... He goes to uh, um, try to get the ball upfield, trying to beat the press, and he tries to mega guy. Well, you know, the guy is uh, uh, gets the ball, and then they end up scoring. Um, that was when uh, actually I can't remember if they scored. I think I think so. They hit it across to Willian, and of course Willian would be the one to score. Former Chelsea player can always count on it, <laughs> but like. You have, you know, these young kids that want to make a name for themselves that uh, are trying their heart out, and it, it's really getting to them. You can see it with uh, Connor Gallagher. You put him out there, all he does is run around and slap people and kick people. But at least they're fighting. You know, they might not be that good, but at least they're freaking trying. You know, it, it just sucks, man. I, I honestly don't even know how to go forward with the season. I'm close to the point of saying like, pull all these big name, uh, you know, older guys out and just play all the kids freaking pull up the whole Academy team, put players out there that want to play, that want to make a name of themselves that will actually play for the badge. Cause Koulibaly, he doesn't care. 
<laughs> like what the heck, dude? Like I, I was on three hundred thousand a week. Seriously, yeah. Like I was, I was legit mad that he was the one that got the goal. Like I was like, of all people, the dude plays like complete garbage, <laughs> and then he's no the team. one. Yeah, and then he's the one that gets the goal. Like what the heck? But like, so Joey. Yeah. Serious question. Yeah. What happens if Potter loses at Crystal Palace? You'll get a lot of uh, unhappy fans. Um, it's come out several times now that Bowley 100% supports Potter. Um, I do think there is a limit. There obviously has to be a limit. I would assume it's, um, let's but, say we fall around to like 14th place or so. Joey, you know whenever an American comes out with a vote of confidence, what that means. Yeah, no. So it doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever to fire Potter. We just brought him in for, I think we had to pay, I can't even remember now. I want to say the 20 million is, um, yeah, he's the most expensive, most expensive uh, manager of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we brought him in with his whole staff to get rid of him this early would just be, you know, we're already going to be in financial ruin because of missing out on European uh, soccer. And if we had to pay the release clause for him and his staff already, I don't know what, I mean, Bowley has some deep pockets, but <laughs> I don't think they could go th- that deep. Um, so no, there's no way, unless things get absolutely complete dumpster fire, there, there'd be no way they could get rid of him. Um, the ride or die with the uh, Potter. Yeah, and realistically, like, who the heck are you going to bring in that could, um, you know, improve this mess? I guarantee you not one single person could improve enough to get us in a European spot um, under the injury and lack of willingness from the players. Nobody. Yep. And just for the listeners, uh, so in America, anytime the owner comes out with a vote of confidence in the NFL or baseball, the manager is usually fired within the next few days. So it's usually called the dreaded vote of confidence. So it's not in America. It's not something you really want to see. Yep. Um, Another thing that came out today is that Bowley, I I think this is more of a um, trying to uh, get the players to actually put in some effort. But Bowley mentioned that they are looking into doing a summer clear out of all the, the players that aren't putting up results. Um, so you'd have like maybe Pulisic, Koulibaly, possibly even Mount, Aspilicueta, Ziyech, Havertz, all those kinds of guys who um, are either just like not up to it anymore or don't want to be there, um, which honestly I'm okay with. Uh, give us, you know, free up some spot and some spaces and some money to bring in people that will actually fight for their place. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a fan of making too many changes all at once because usually that uh, is not a good strategy. Not enforced with, um, uh, notwithstanding. Also, you guys are gonna get pennies on the dollar for some of these guys, so it's yeah. gonna be um, it's gonna be a tough, very tough uh, swallow for some of these. Uh, yeah. Should you really clear out like yeah. all the people? Well, so most people know um, that. Bowley is one of the uh, co-owners of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I believe, at least I believe he's a co-owner. Um, I don't think he has full 100% control, but um, when he 
got in to the Dodgers. He said, we're going to build a dynasty. We're going to get things right. And immediately he just started cutting contracts of players that, that just didn't fit anymore. He said, we're going to eat the losses now because we're going to build a dynasty and take over the league. That's going to be it. And I, I want that to happen to like Jorginho has to go. He's been a great uh, role player. He's done He's fit his little niche well. It's time for him to go. Koulibaly, go. Uh, still got to freaking deal with Lukaku. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Get him out of here, please. Um, yeah. Also, um, for those not in America, <laughs> the strategy sort of worked with the Dodgers. They did go on to win the World Series in 2020, but they also ended up giving out monster contracts. And now some of those chickens are coming home to roost. So yeah. he can't, hopefully he doesn't think he can do the same thing. Yeah. I so, mean, surely he's not dumb enough to, to, to do that. On that note specifically, it was also uh, reported today that Chelsea do want to implement a wage structure, whereas um, the base wage uh, relatively, you know, normal. Reasonable. Right. But they have uh, apparently like a myriad of options for incentives. So like for high, high uh, dollar players, they can, you know, incentivize them enough through merit or whatever the heck to actually entice them to come. Cause uh, you know, I don't, based on like, I would assume uh champions league performance and all, all that good stuff. But um, everything sounds like, you know, everything that, Chelsea fans have wanted um, an actual long-term vision to produce lasting success where I believe some stuff has gone wrong is that immediately they started planning for long, long-term where uh, they started buying up um, these young teenagers from around the world who are uh, uh, supposedly top talent and spent like a hundred million dollars on just teenagers that can't do anything yet because they they're still kids they definitely put too much of an emphasis on that and not on like what do we need right now talking about reese james it's been uh, since 2019 he's been our best right back and we still don't have a replacement for him with the injury issues that he has same thing with our midfield the last um true midfield signing was when we signed Kovacic off of a loan. We need some actual help now to get us to, uh, you know, the fruits of the labor of them putting investment into the, uh, the Academy kids. And it looks like they, they really do, you know, want to do the right thing. I think their timing with it was just a little off. Help now is expensive though. Very expensive. And you kind of went that route in the summer, and unfortunately, yeah, it didn't didn't pan out. So, the two big ones from the summer that are obviously just bad signings are Obama Yang and Kulabali. Funny enough, they were Tuchel signings. Um, Obama Yang specifically came here for Tuchel. You know, if anyone uh, doesn't remember. Right before he came, his uh, house got broken into, and um, he got beat pretty good from it. Um, so 
he gets here, he's still like bruised and has to wear a, a protective mask. And then what, a few days later, Tuchel's sacked. And then we miss out on uh, Jules Kunde because Tuchel actually didn't want him. And Tuchel uh, suggested Koulibaly instead. And we obviously see how that's turned out. So basically what I'm getting to is Boley clearly has you know a plan it was just not implemented well but i think with the additional management staff like the sporting director and all that stuff that is now going to be in place i think i think everybody will be in place next month sometime but i i i'm hopeful for the future just kind of freaking get past this season come on <laughs> get luckily, it done. luckily luckily your guy's debt was wiped out so you have this opportunity to make a mistake. Most teams would not be this fortunate to make such ginormous blunders and recover from it. But I feel you guys are in the position. I mean, you can't do it again, obviously. Mm-hmm. But and missing out on European football will definitely set you back a little bit. I I do think you can recover from the extremely poor decision making um, from the start. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this winter for you guys, but especially in the summer. Yep. Agreed. All right. That's, uh, that's all I have for Chelsea for now. I really could say so much more, but I, I, it's so depressing, man. Like it is, it is hard being a Chelsea fan right now. Um, as hard as it's being a Chelsea fan, it's so easy to be a Newcastle fan. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're a fan of Joe Linton, I'd imagine. Um, Tell, tell us, what the heck is going on there? Oh, my God. So, Joe Linton was caught. They call it drink driving in the UK. In the US, we'd call it um, driving under the influence, DUI. He was caught with a DUI at uh, about 1.40 in the morning. I think he's fairly close to his house. And completely shocking for this player for kind of a multitude of reasons. He's he's somewhat quiet and reserved. Uh, he's very hardworking. You know, he's a player that I think all the fans love. I mean, I'm going to be honest, he's my favorite player on Newcastle. I think he makes our team go. Uh, a lot of people will probably argue and say Bruno is our best player and makes our team go, but I think uh, Joe Linton, um, what he does in midfield really changes the dynamic. Um, and we kind of lucked into that. That being said, you know, to me, drunk driving is kind of a zero tolerance thing. So for those, again, outside of the United States, uh, the NFL, uh, which is the National Football League, which is football that you throw uh, and run and not actually kick unless you're trying to kick a field goal. They had an image problem, Joey, what would you say, about five to ten years ago? I mean, they've always had an image problem. It's just that people really started to care. (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. But five or ten years ago, the proverbial poop hit the fan. So much so that, you know, radio stations and everyone was um, even pro pro football daily. They were keeping um, counters days since last NFL arrest. And the majority of these arrests were DUIs. Um, sadly, the other majority were domestic violence incidences, which you know has um, <clears throat> is treated 
a lot differently. However, due to the public backlash here in the United States and the negative press that the NFL was garnering, uh, there is in the collective bargaining agreement now, um, if a football player, NFL football player, is arrested with a DUI, there's no waiting to see if he's guilty or innocent. It's an automatic three-game suspension unless the league determines there's um, extenuating circumstances. Now, what those could be, I, I don't know. I haven't looked up to see if anyone's successfully appealed the extenuating circumstances or not. Um, all I know is it has drastically cut down uh, the number of DUIs in the National Football League. Um, they also set up, um, and some clubs may have already had this, they also set up a ride sharing. Um, and any player you know that comes into the NFL, they take a class on basically conduct uh, and you know what constitutes good conduct and everyone agrees to this conduct so it's known up front when you break when you break the code of conduct for the NFL uh, whether or not you're civilly liable or criminally liable uh, the NFL can impose punishments which is usually in the most likely the form of um, missed games uh, because that's how they get paid so, you know, taking this back to Joe Linton, there's kind of a division in the fan base on what Howe should do this week versus Fulham. And if it was me, number one, you know, obviously the person comes first um, because someone that's out drinking and driving at 1.40 in the morning, and this guy, he has... A kid and another kid on the way. First of all, is is everything okay with him personally? You know, that's something I would, you know, at, at this point, soccer becomes, you know, who cares, right? Like, you know, soccer will will be there. Let's let's see what's happening with this person. Luckily, we have Eddie Howe as our coach, so I think that's the first thing they're going to do. Is they're going to check on him as a person, make sure everything's okay. Howe was uncommittal in his press conference today whether he would start. Joe Linton, or even have him on the bench. You know, me, I would follow the NFL's, you know, lead on this. Um, and, you know, for me, this would just be like a two-game suspension. You know, no, no questions asked. You know, a lot of people online in the UK says, well, it depends how much he's over. Why? Like, because you could hurt someone. I mean, you don't need to be over that much to, to change someone's life. I mean, buzz driving is drunk driving. So I would take a hardline stance while also, you know, helping him out as a person. Um, I don't think this will ruin his career or anything. Uh, you know, there's been other players, Larice, Wayne Rooney. I mean, you know, the thing is, the Newcastle fans point to is all these players didn't miss any games. Well, that may be. But times are changing. Um, and I know in the UK, the drinking culture is, you know, somewhat different than here in the United States. Um, you know, I do believe they do lead to lead and um, binge drinking. Um, so I know it's probably more widely accepted 
but for me, you're a professional athlete. You have the means to get out of the situation you put yourself in. And Eddie Howe has all his players' phone numbers, so I can only assume the players have Eddie Howe's phone number. Joe Linton could have easily called Eddie Howe to come get him. So this is a situation that didn't need to occur, um, but unfortunately did occur. So for me, I would just sit him two games, make sure he's okay as a human being first, um, explain why you're sitting him down, you know, let him know, you know, you're still in our plans. We just want to make sure you're okay. Uh, we're going to, you know, work on you. Um, and this is kind of just how it's going to be. Um, and, you know, hopefully moving forward, we don't see any more of this from our players. Ideally, we don't see any more of this from any players in any league because no one wants to be um, like the Dallas Cowboys player who was drinking and driving. He got in a wreck and he killed his teammate. Um, I do not remember the name offhand. This is probably two or three years ago. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that incident, Joey. No, I can't uh, remember that. Um, um, well, real quick, the the one thing that I, I find truly shocking was um, on Twitter, I saw a lot of, uh, I wouldn't even say Newcastle fans, just um, soccer fans in general saying like, you know, what's the big deal? Everyone makes mistakes. Like, yes, everybody makes a mistake, but there are consequences to said mistakes. And this is a mistake that should have major consequences given the uh, life and death you know, implications of said mistake. It's truly unconscionable to me to think that, you know, someone can do something with uh, that can easily get people killed and then um, just have no repercussion from it. Uh, blows my mind. I, um, one of my, uh, best friends from a kid, uh, died in a DUI situation and, um, it hurts, man. Like losing people because of that sucks. Uh, yeah, completely preventable. Mm -hmm. Um, so to play down that scenario in any way whatsoever, uh, I, completely uncalled for and there's no place for it in in society yeah i i'm totally ashamed of the 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 newcastle fans that want joel intent to play on saturday you know i know everyone wants three points you know we should be able to perform against Fulham without him if we lose we lose i mean it is what it is pretend he got injured pretend he has a um a grade one hamstring injury is out two weeks. Um, you know, there's more to life than than winning and losing a soccer match. Um, Joe Linton's life is important, so he needs to be taken care of. But then, again, like Joey said, there are consequences to your actions, you know. And here in the United States, there are some employers where if you did something like this, you'd be immediately terminated. So, you know, I know professional sports is different. There are some actual clubs in America, some NFL clubs, if you're, <laughs> I, I hate to say this, and, and this is going to come out bad, but uh, 
it's just how it is in the United States. If you are a fringe player and you did something like this, you'd be your contract would be terminated. Um because you're not worth the bad publicity. Now, is that fair or right? I mean, that can that's a whole different argument. Um you know, people do make mistakes, but Joey said it perfectly. There are consequences to those mistakes. And fortunately this time, no one seemingly was injured that we're aware of. <clears throat> but what about next time? So, yep. And it, you got to think about it from the business perspective as well. Um, you know, that could have major implications for advertisers and uh, just overall um, fan, uh, I guess, happiness or, or whatever the, you know, optics on the Newcastle brand over here in oh, America. Exactly. Yeah. So over here in America, it, it that plays a major role in, everything in the uk it may very well be different i don't know um but you know the owners run these clubs to make money that is their goal um obviously the easiest way to do that is by winning but anything that will potentially cause them not to make money or not to make as much money as they could they generally uh, do whatever they can to avoid that. And in scenarios like this, setting a hard line of like, this is unacceptable would generally be, um, you know, well-received by the public. And um, specifically from an optic standpoint, uh, you know, I believe that more people would put faith into the club into seeing that they're doing the right thing and would be willing to support them long-term. Exactly. I mean, again, nail on head. We are trying to grow our brand in Saudi Arabia. This would not be tolerated in Saudi Arabia at all. <laughs> um, most definitely not. And, you know, also, again, the UK may be different. Um, another reason I think the, the NFL was kind of put into action as well is because the more this behavior went on, the more it was seen as being tolerated and condoned, which would then put the teams at risk. So, you know, they can eventually be liable for knowing that their player has an issue. They're doing nothing about it, and then their player goes out and kills someone, but they've, like, you know, covered up all these incidences. Um, so... Again, I, I think we're on the same page, Joey. I think, you know, they need to take a hard line. Um, we won't lose. Um, it's not the end of the world if Joe Linton misses two games or three games. I mean, it's just not. And at the end of the day, he's a person. He may need help. We don't know. And um, there'll be consequences, hopefully. Oh. So... For Joe Linton and all the people that are thinking about getting in a car, drinking, and driving. And for all you alcoholics out there, I hope you all get help. And on <clears throat> a more serious note, for anyone that might be suffering uh, with alcohol or any substance abuse problems, 
you know, please reach out for help. There's definitely help out there for you. There are people who care about you. Uh, and please do not put anyone else's life in, in danger, uh, especially your own. And on that note, I have a cousin who is a teetotaler, and he has made a short PSA of sorts of a drink that is better than alcohol, he claims. Now, I'll be honest, I've had this many times. In my opinion, it is better than alcohol because one of the ingredients is Dr. Pepper, which is 10 times better than any alcohol. But um, I'll let him go through the recipe right now. Hey, Bo, JD here, and I've learned September is National Sobriety Awareness Month. So for all you struggling with the devil's drink, Jimmy got one for you today. What you need is a Dr. Pepper. If you got diabetes or you watching your weight, you get a Dicon, trust me. Then you will need some peanuts. You need to get the salted peanuts. What you do then is you open up your Dr. Pepper like so. You open up your peanuts like this. You pour them little peanuts in. Use your hands if you need to. And gonna bubble a little bit. Oh, Jimmy making a mess here. Then you wait five minutes. After five minutes, you will be drinking the nectar of the gods. So says JD and everyone else. You will have forgotten about the devil drink. That's all Jimmy had for you today. God bless Jimmy. No, wait a Thank second. Thank you. Who, who was that again? Jimmy? Cousin Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy Dix. Now, we, we've known each other a long time now. I, I've never heard of Cousin Jimmy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's from the branch of the tree that's really southern. Okay, okay. Right. You would you would you would think loving NASCAR and wrestling, uh, he would be a heavy drinker, but he does not drink anything. And maybe, maybe, the listeners will get to get Jimmy live one day. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, if you have any questions for Jimmy, now I can I can I can go down to his trailer park, and. Uh, Drop off some questions if anyone's interested in any more about Jimmy and his background. He he ain't shy. That's all I have to say. Nice. Well, thank you, Jimmy, for that wonderful PSA. But that brings up a good point for uh, questions. Uh, any listener out there who has a question that they'd uh, like to ask us about soccer, uh, Premier League, anything really, um, please reach out at gmail, um, blackandbluesoccer at gmail.com. Of course, you can always reach out on Twitter or Instagram as well. Now, to go into our next segment, which would be uh, player transfers and rumors, um, this will be pretty quick. Um, Andrew, who, who, we gotta, who we gotta talk about today? So real quick, um, we probably don't need to talk about Jao Felix. Uh, 
final tab on that was 16 million straight loan. No chance of a buy. He did extend his contract for another year with Atletico. Um, but we 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 we'll, we beat that horse to death. Well, real quick, I I just want to say it did come out today that Foley um, mentioned that if um, we were in a situation where we would want to keep him, that it wouldn't be a, a, an issue. We would make a full offer if um, if that came to it. Bully again, putting foot in mouth before needed. Um, so the next transfer that uh, just happened <clears throat> for another proud American-owned club, Manchester United has brought uh, Wout Weghorst on loan. He was a Burnley uh, player last year. He's their striker. Uh, they brought him in in January. He was playing in the Turkish League. Obviously, Manchester United are piss poor broke at the moment because I didn't get my dividend. But yes, even as a Newcastle United fan, I did uh, put a stock. Um, uh, um, I own stock in Manchester United for the dividends, and I didn't get mine this year, Joey. Hey, it, the the price is up to what, like twenty dollars now or something? That's a pretty good uh, return on investment from a few months ago. Doubled my money, bottom at ten. Um, mostly just to kind of listen in on the um, the the minutes. But yeah, I've, I've doubled my money. I wish I bought more than one share. It was kind of just like for fun, but now I'm like, damn. Um, so yeah, they don't have much money to spend. I don't see them doing too much. They're in the process of trying to sell their club. Um, so obviously, this is. <laughs> This is kind of the level they're at at the moment, which is a little bit sad. Um, but good good for Chelsea, who's chasing Manchester United, and great for Newcastle, who's trying to stay neck and neck with Manchester United. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that with uh, uh, Boeg Horse to United um, is it's unfortunate that it looks like Ten Hag is an actual decent manager because he'll probably actually get some good use out of him. Whereas before, it didn't really matter who the heck went to United. They still sucked. Um, <laughs> so with all the turmoil that is uh, uh, United, um, looks like Ten Hog has things uh, turning around a bit. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're on the up and up. Uh, hopefully not too much on the up and up, but um, yeah, on the up and up. Uh, the next player we want to just briefly mention is for Arsenal. Currently in first place, they are still chasing Mudrik. Uh, he's a Ukrainian winger. Um, he plays for Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, I don't believe they actually play in UK Ukraine right now due to political reasons. Let's just put it like that. Their owner wants 100 million euros. I believe their last offer was 70 million euros. They think they can get a job or a deal done whether or not they can for 70 million euros uh, we'll see um donesk is a tough negotiator um their owner you know the football director doesn't usually mess around if he says 100 million my guess is it's going to take 85 90 uh but right now i believe arsenal are the only one chasing him unless 
Joey, is, is your team still in in the hunt for this this guy after Felix's loan? No. Well, I don't think they were ever in the hunt. It was more of like uh, just information gathering and letting the uh, the the players of the deal be known that if um, things fell through with Arsenal, that Chelsea could be an option. But uh, if Yao Felix does plan out and we do move forward with a, a deal for him, a long-term deal, and then with Nkunku already coming in in the summer, there would be no reason to bring in another left-sided uh, attacker. There, there just wouldn't be. Yeah, but let's um, let's timestamp this podcast because I, if uh, you guys do buy Felix, I want to refer back to this to see uh, Nkuku's feelings about uh, buying a world-class uh, left winger when I think he was thinking he's going to be the man. Well, we'll, we can get into this on later episodes, but all all I'll say is that the more uh, goal-scoring wingers that we have uh, that can actually play together, I'm okay with. It would, uh, with Mudrick, Mudrick, however you pronounce his name, um, I, for one, I don't believe he's uh, fully proven enough. And then two, that price tag is ungodly. Um, when we we're already spending so much on, uh, you know, in Kunku and then potentially Felix as well. But um, specifically Felix is he can move around and play in the center and a little bit on the right as well. Um, but it, on based off of his heat maps, he does prefer the left hand side. Uh, but if let's say they wanted to bring in like a, a lesser known dude for like 10 million, uh, sure. Whatever. And on the transfer front again, oddly enough, a Potter special, we have uh Trossard, um, another normally left winger, Belgian international. Uh, he has apparently had a falling out with his coach. Um, who I guess has, I don't know, insulted him, humiliated him. Who knows? Um, stories go around from both sides, uh, but he has actually left the country. I believe he's now back in Belgium. So he's not with Brighton. He's not training, and he supposedly has an extension, but he's not even he's not even talking about it. So let me put my tinfoil hat on Joey. For a player to make a power play move like this, you have to have a move lined up. N- no? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, Chelsea's pretty good at getting people to do that. That's how we got Chilwell. And um, it looked like the Enzo Fernandez was leaning that way for a moment. So, yeah, I clearly think that's what's going on. Do you think, again, tinfoil hat, Potter player, Potter knows him? Uh, assume Potter likes him. Um, could Chelsea be the puppet master in what is happening? <laughs> I, I would, man, at this point, I, I would not be surprised with the, how crazy everything's been, but um, information has been uh, fast and loose coming out of the Chelsea camp, and there's been no mention of it whatsoever, um, so I doubt it. Okay. Yeah, for your sake um, and for your team's reputation, I hope it's not because you already have the Hijack FC 
label. Um, and now if you pull this with Trissard and did with uh, Enzo Fernandez, you're not going to be making many friends out there in the world. Um, uh, but I do believe he has a move lined up. My guess is Brighton are either asking too much or they're blocking the move, so he, he's pulling the stunt. It's not a stunt I would pull, um, but I can understand why he would do it. Uh, Joe, if you were a player, would you do what Troussard is doing to get to force a move? I mean, it would just depend on the context. If everything were going well and there were no issues, no, I, I would absolutely never do that. Um, but if there was really uh, intense turmoil and stuff, then I could see a scenario where I would do something like that. Brighton are eighth. Not a bad team. He's yeah. one of their best players. Yeah, uh, uh, unless there was something like uh, like behind the scenes that we're not privy to, uh, like something bad. I, w- I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't leave that scenario like that. No. Okay. So you don't want to make up any rumors or anything. No. <laughs> so and so sleeping with so and so. Not not over him. No. Okay, well, we'll make up rumors about other players in the future. Now, Ronaldo, on the other hand. Yeah. Did you see his first game is actually going to be um, a combined game with the other major Saudi national team and not the one who signed him? I think it's an exhibition against PSG. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I read a comment from the coach, the the team that he went to, and I, I think he went to Al Nasser. I, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, there's, you know, I don't remember what they're called, but he's like, yeah, it's it's not the ideal situation. We did not want him to um, come in playing with our rivals for his first game, but he had to serve a suspension. So, um, yeah, kind of unique situation for him. Uh, Unfortunately, kind of tainted his legacy in my eyes. Is kind of already going downhill. Uh, kind of a sad story of someone that appears to be going a little bit crazy. The uh, the Kanye of the soccer world. Exactly. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll be able to afford um, Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, boots now. You know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it couldn't buy Yeezys before, but I mean, uh, the crazier he gets, people are just uploading <laughs> these things. Yeah, pennies on the dollar. All right, and that'll do it for episode one of the Black and Blue Soccer Show. Andrew, uh, it's quite an accomplishment. Our first ever episode out of the way um, feels pretty good, huh? Yeah, and um, for the for the listeners' sake, I hope to God there's like a blooper reel. <laughs> we'll see. We'll we'll see what the uh, the editor has in store for us. But um, yeah, everyone, thanks for joining us. Make sure you again uh, hit us on the socials at Twitter, which is Black Blue Soccer, Instagram, which is Black and Blue Soccer, and then of course any questions you may have. Uh, please submit to Gmail at blackandbluesoccer at gmail.com. So from myself, Joey, and Andrew, thanks for tuning in and see you next week.
just tell me like go next time. <laughs> All right. So Jesus God, right again. <laughs> Keep some of these for a blooper reel at the end, like yeah. just for like shit at the end. <laughs>